You're listening to Darling Shine, a podcast by Chloe Fisher and myself, Elodie Pullen. Join us as we blindly navigate and unpack the raw and often unspoken experiences of womanhood, grief, friendship, and everything in between. Encompassing all emotions, ugly and beautiful, we've made a promise to ourselves to find our shine and build a life of triumph and joy. Darling Shine is your survival kit to the unexpected shit life throws at you. Welcome to episode two of Darling Shine, the podcast. Thank you for all the overwhelming responses from episode one. We're just, I can't believe it. I'm, yeah, I'm drained from all of the beautiful <laughs> messages and it, like, oh, it's been a big week. So be patient. We are trying to get back to you all, but it's been a lot. And yeah, thank you. Wow. And when I say drained, I mean like overwhelmed with happiness, but also like, <laughs> wow. You guys actually care. Yeah, you guys actually care about our lives. I, I I thought I was so boring. We weren't sure where we were going to go when this podcast came out and it's obviously You guys are obviously very interested. So um, that's really cool. Our friends tell us to shut the fuck up. So you guys are obviously <laughs> interested in what we have we to say. We love you guys. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to our friends. It'd be annoying if they didn't tell us how it was. <laughs> yeah. No, but this is – this is we're off to a good start and that mm. was just our bio. So yeah. there's plenty and plenty more stuff where that came from and – yeah, Lots we're literally haven't even di- dove into it. Dove into is it. That a dove, word? I don't know. Dived. dived? No, dove. Yeah, we're going to dive straight. We're going to dive <laughs> straight in. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about Chloe's journey with IVF. Now, funnily, en- uh, fun- funnily enough, Chump and I were trying for a baby for quite some time, as I think you guys know. Um, I remember that one afternoon, Chump and I were actually upstairs here. If Paul was away, it was you, me, and Chump. We were upstairs at your house, and I got the call from the doctor to tell me that my egg count was low. We both had no idea what that even meant. We didn't even know what that was, but Chump and I had been trying for quite some time and not falling pregnant, so we were obviously going – we were going to acupuncture, but we were also going to my doctor and doing tests to figure out why Why isn't the sperm meeting the egg? Like, what's going on in there? Is there something wrong? Why is this taking so long? And obviously when you're trying, you just, you get impatient. You just want to be pregnant right now. So we were doing the test and they found out that my egg count was low. And I happened to be here when we got that mm. call. So she said, your egg, your egg count's 3.1 when it's meant to be like 20 something. And she said, um, it's kind of like you're a nearly 40 year old. That's where your egg count is at. So I kind of came back in and I was like, oh, Chloe, Chump, look, they just told me my egg count's low. But they said, just, my doctor had said, keep trying. It's going to take a bit longer for you guys because you've got like a shit egg count, it might take, it might be like every eight months a good egg comes out and that one might either get fertilized or not. So it might be like just going to take ages. And she was like, if you get impatient, just start the IVF journey. So we were always kind of looking at that, but also like let's just keep trying naturally for a little bit longer. But um, yeah, so that's a bit of a fun fact. Funnily enough, Chloe then got tested and figured out her AMH level, which is the egg count but um, level was low as well and yeah. even a bit lower. Yeah, so we we obviously got married last um, February and we just – this is like a quick little background of our journey so far and what brought us to the IVF. But, yeah, so we fell pregnant the day after our wedding we conceived and we didn't know that we were pregnant. It was like we obviously really wanted to try as soon as we got married but it was not intentional. Like I, I wasn't tracking ovulation or anything like that. It was just like – an amazing little miracle that that just happened. Um, And then fast forward to the March last year, I obviously had a miscarriage and that was really traumatic and I still like hold a lot of that trauma. Um, 
And just like the unknown and, you know, what happened and why and stuff like that. So um, we will do another episode on miscarriage a little bit later down the track. But um, so, yeah, then that kind of happened. And then throughout the year last year, Paul was able to do a few little trips here and there. So that in itself um, like kind of erased a few months for us. And obviously when you're trying properly, you really need to be actively knowing when you're ovulating and like at that time of the month and you need to be having sex around the ovulation window and all that sort of stuff. So with him being away, that was really challenging, obviously, um, when we were missing those windows. And then, you know, when he was home, we were making sure that we were doing it at all the right times, which in itself kind of sucks because it just fucking takes the fun out. Like it just isn't fun when you're we need to do it this day. We need to do it. Like, it's just not enjoyable like that. And like, you it's know, like we chore. have a, we have like such a good relationship in, you know, and I just didn't like, we just didn't like doing that. But look, we wanted a baby and it wasn't happening for us easily. So that was just the way that it was going. Um, it got to, I think, what if, I reckon it was like May. Well, you got yours done and then I didn't really think anything of it. And then it maybe got to like, when was it when I, I got it? To, it was actually November like, last year, actually. Look, yeah, so we late. we kept on trying throughout the year. And then obviously with Chumps passing, it just kind of just – everything just went a little bit like cray-cray. It's all too much. So we had a little bit of a moment. And then so it got – it actually was in November last year when I was just like, fuck, I just had this like realisation where I was, I was thinking – there's something wrong on my inside. I, in the last 12 months, I've become so incredibly in tune with my body and what I'm feeling and all the different emotions and all the different feels that I just woke up one morning and I knew there's something wrong. So Ellen and I share the same GP. <laughs> we share everything. Trish, Trish. So no we went and saw Trish and I went and I said, I need to do my AMH because I am worried that I have this low egg count because – you know, Paul and I have never – well, look, I've been on the pill up until about three years ago and we were never careful in amongst all that. Like we never used any form of contraception other than the pill. And then when we were off the pill, we still used no contraception. But for me, because I had never been pregnant before, I didn't even know that that was like weird that we had never fallen pregnant in three years when we've never pulled out ever. So when I told <laughs> it's fucking weird now looking out. back at it, like, yeah, cause it we just didn't. And it was like yeah. people probably that have got children and then like, or have had abortions and stuff like that must be going, fuck, that is weird yeah, because it like, weird. it's not normal, yeah. but I didn't know anything better. Mm. So when I told Trish that she was like, okay, there's definitely something going on there because you, you guys should be able to look at each other and be pregnant basically. Yeah. You're young, you're, you know, you're happy, you're married. Like everything is just right. So I did my test and it came back at three and that, like Elle said, was someone between the age of like – someone for our age should be between I think 50, 40 and, and like 50. 60 or something like that. So for a, a number – Yeah, basically with the menopause. <laughs> so to have a number of three, I was like, okay, cool. Well, at least I know now what. She's like, well, you're probably going to have to do IVF. And I, I was like, okay, well – that's like, let's do that because I obviously want a baby. And if it's not working naturally, like we'll continue to try, but I want to be that girl that every time it came to my ovulation, I was just jumping on. Like, that's just so lame. Um, anyway, so that's just so lame. <laughs> Chumpy loved it so much. And I was like, I'm so I know, tired. but it just was Fuck like, off. yeah, I don't know. It wasn't a vibe for sure. Um, 
And then so I was seen at the time um, a naturopath and obviously getting my acupuncture and my naturopath Tia was like, oh, if you do, if we do have to go down this IVF route, because at this point I was doing like all the fertility herbs, all the natural, like you name it, I was doing it and I'd been doing it for a year. Prenatals, I've been taking prenatals for Mm. like a year now. (laughs) Um, so I was doing everything right. And so Tia was like, if we need to go down this track, this doctor is the best in the biz. His name is Dr. Ki Ung and he works out of Southport. So I straight away tried to get a referral to him and I obviously couldn't get in until like March this year. And I, and I was thinking this is not going to work for me because I need to see him tomorrow. Um, so I messaged Tia and I'm like, can you please message him? Because he works a lot like with Chinese medicine and he like, he's very open to all that. So Tia had worked closely with him quite a few times with a few other patients, um, clients, sorry. So she emailed him and was like, you need to see this girl. Is there any possibility that you can see her? And sure enough, I got a call and I was able to go see him on the 3rd of January, which was unreal. So I went and saw Dr. Ong and straight away he was said, oh, okay, I want to do a laparoscopy. I want to get inside. I want to see what's going on in there. I really want to like tick all the boxes and make sure that everything's good because everything you've told me is just, just doesn't seem right. Like that that there should be a baby in your belly. Um, So we were booked in literally the next week and I had a laparoscopy, a hysteroscopy. Wow, there's you did all not these. Have diff- a hysterectomy, no, that's it wasn't a hysterectomy, but it was a hysteroscopy or something. Oh yeah. fuck! There was three different oscopies that I had. Wow. Um, so I had that, and then when he went in, he found endo and all this sort of stuff that I didn't know I had. Look, it must have been pretty mild because like I didn't have any symptoms of that. But from the pictures, it's like pretty gross. Like there was quite a fair bit in there. Yeah. Anyway, that was all removed, and we pretty much went straight into our first round of IVF. Um, which is like all the medication, all the hormones, all the injections. Um, And I thought, well, this is a no-brainer. It's a clean slate. What could go wrong? Like I literally am the cleanest I've ever been on my inside. Why would this not work? It should be a walk in the park. It should be a walk in the park. And I feel like a lot of people going into IVF, they think it is going to be a walk Mm. in the park. You Um, just think, well, pay the money, get the baby. Yeah, exactly. Not that simple. So we went into our first round of IVF and – I like, like I had a lot of my girlfriends around me that knew about it. And like, I was very vocal about it on social media and I did my journey and I didn't really feel too much after the, so basically what they do is you have on day one of your cycle and your cycle, I mean your period. So you get your period and then day two, you'll go into the doctor. He'll do an ultrasound. They'll look in your belly and basically have a look, make sure everything's right. Make sure your lining's in a good place. And then they will prescribe you all your medication and you'll go away and you'll start I started on day three, so I started the following day. You do that for about, I feel like it was around, like just under two weeks. And that's the injections that you put into That was the injections that I'm putting into my stomach. So the first round I only had, I think, like one in the, two in the morning and one in the evening. Um, And then you go back in for another ultrasound midway through and they look at your follicles and how big they are and how good they're looking. And by follicles, I mean follicles is what your egg grows inside of. So if you have five follicles, you generally should have five eggs. Um, so then you go in for your um, collection and they put you under. I chose to be put under because there was no choice. You just get put. I got put under. Um, and then they basically take the eggs out. I knew I was going in with five. Um, so that was epic, I thought. Um, and then when you wake up, they write the number on your hand of how many you 
got. And so like you wake up and I looked and I had five and I just like burst into tears. I was like, oh. and the nurse is like, are you okay? I was like, I've got five. Like, you know, that's You're epic. So happy. I was so happy. But at the same time, I was still learning about this whole journey because I thought that was really, that was like, that's, that's like mm. the best case scenario. Little did I know of like how it unravels after that. Meanwhile, the chick sitting next to you, oh, yeah. up, didn't she have like 30 eggs? Yeah, she like across the bed from me, like put her hand up. I was like, wow, okay, that's epic. Someone else has got 30. I've got five. So you then go away and they call you that afternoon. They tell you how many have were mature. Um, and then so of the five, all of the five were mature and they fertilized five eggs with five sperm. So the morning of, we did a fresh transfer. So Paul had to go in into his little fun room and do his business in a cup and they (laughs) spin it and they pull out all the good sperm and they basically, the way that I did it, they literally pick one sperm and they inseminate the egg with one single sperm. So I had five of those and that was epic. So the next morning they call you out with your news and I think I had three that had made it over overnight. And then basically they just update you every single day with how they're going. And it got to the end and they, I think I had two by the end. Um, and they said, well, they're not really at the stage that can be frozen right now. Um, so we want to hope tomorrow that they reach blastocyst and blastocyst is the stage that they can be frozen at. Um, they said one's looking good, but one's not looking like it's going to get to that stage tomorrow. If that one doesn't reach blastocyst, would you like us to put it in or would you like us to discard of it um, and we freeze the good one? Um, so I woke up that, that morning and that was exactly what happened. We decided to freeze the only good one that we had and then the other one we decided to put in um, for our first round. So then I went into the horrid two-week wait and I had to wait for two weeks um, before I did the pregnancy test. And that was really hard. We will do another episode in a few episodes about the two-week wait, just about everything involved in that. But I got to the end. I did pee on a stick early. It did (laughs) come up with a faint line. Mm, That was so hard. That sucked. Well, it was epic. But then it was... It must have been like a bit of a chemical pregnancy because I then the next day went down to Sydney and I started bleeding. My period was due, I think, the day after. But, yeah, so I started – as soon as I was driving to the airport going to Sydney, I could feel my body just like get this like set like sense come over me just before you're about to get your period, like your back kind of hurts. And like I was like, oh, no. And so, yeah, anyway, I ended up getting my period. Um, So that really sucked. And then I was in Sydney when I would have liked to have started my second round, but because you got to be at your doctor, I wasn't able to start the second round because I was in freaking Sydney. So by the time I got back up there, I think I was on day four of my bleed. And the only other thing that I could do if I wanted to continue that month was to do something called an IUI. Um, and an IUI is basically you still do similar hormones, but you do a trigger shot around the day that you were well, two days before you're meant to ovulate and 
That then stimulates you to ovulate. You release the eggs. That point I had three eggs, which was cool because I was like sick, three shots at this. Mm. Epic. Triplets, darling. Triplets. So I release – if you have like any more because, you know, when they do the ultrasounds, I can really tell how many follicles you have and how many you're going to release. If you overstimulate, they'll cancel your cycle. So I only had three, so that was epic. So I was like, cool, three chances. This is a fucking no-brainer. This is going to work. And IUI is cheaper than – um, IVF. So a lot of people do opt to do IUI first and they do quite a few rounds. And I think especially for some private health insurances, you actually have to do I, a few rounds of IUI mm-hmm. first unsuccessfully before they'll pay for IVF. I think it's around a thousand bucks or something like that. That's interesting. Yeah. So I wasn't able to even do IVF that round yet. So I did that. And then they get pull in also that morning. They do the sperm thing again. They spin them. They pick them. But basically, they literally spin them and only take out the good ones. And there's like millions of good sperm. He had like a really good count. So on the day, it's very timed. You do your trigger shot. And exactly 36 hours after that, you're in the doctor's surgery. You've got your legs in the air. They've got the thing in that like they put in you and open you up like you're having a pap smear. And they basically put a little catheter into your cervix cervix yes cervix and they literally put a syringe full of sperm directly in there when the eggs are coming down and they've met them so i'm like how this is like mm, it's a ch- this is like for the sperm and the pregnancy eggies. for dummy eggs and sperm like it's literally <laughs> putting them together at the exact point when they need to be together literally. and then another two week wait so that second two week wait that i did it literally um I didn't even get around to doing a pregnancy test or anything like that because I started bleeding and spotting too early. So that round then didn't work. And then it kind of brought us back to the drawing board and we're like, well, fuck, what are we going to do here? This is just like so disheartening. It's just everything about it was just like I felt like we're just pushing shit up a hill because I, I just like I was doing everything right and it just wasn't working. And then at the same time, all my friends around me were falling pregnant. I think there's like 15 friends of mine that are pregnant. So that's another thing in itself. Um, so hard mentally and emotionally. Yeah. And then on top of that, you've got all the hormones happening. Yeah, I'm literally pumping myself with hormones. Um, so then we went and saw my doctor and we said, look, what's going on here? What what can we do to improve this egg quality? Because obviously my problem, of if I'm, if I'm ovulating three eggs at once and not one of them sticking, there's something wrong. Mm. All on the sperm side of things, everything was perfect on poor side. So that's a win and it's good to know that like that's just like ticked off. Um, so the problem la- laid in my eggs. Um, <laughs> laid in my eggs. <laughs> <laughs> like a chicken laying eggs Yes, doll. exactly. So let's cut to sort of now. And I've been keeping quiet off social media because – I don't know, it's just been a bit of a rough ride. So I just figured a lot of people were getting very um, involved, which is fine because obviously putting out social media, people want to tell you their experiences and stuff like that. But I just found because I had already had that loss, I found that I needed to just keep it offline because people were checking in and, like, I didn't want that to – People were checking in but people were also sending you pictures of their babies that they've had through IVF and you're like, I don't know if I need to see all these babies that that I don't know. So no offence to those people that actually send that, but that that's yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, so they were like beautiful success stories, but also like, wow, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I can handle all this right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Paul's been away and 
because I've had this egg quality and quantity issue, we decided with my IVF doctor that we would take a month off and we would do a few little things to try and boost my the quality of my eggs and the and the quantity of them. So I was okay with that. I was like, well, you know what? I kind of feel like I need a break from all the hormones and the injections anyway. So, well, I guess not hormones because I went on to do hormones. But so what I did was three weeks leading up to my, my most current cycle, I started taking human growth hormone injections. And so that like, although with IVF, you're doing multiple, oh my God. Oh dear, tablet. the rescue remedy is really repeating on you. Yeah, it's fine now. It's, it's, fine. Not, it's gone back down. It's not really rescuing you. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been doing the human growth hormone injections. So that was one injection a day. I had to mix up this crazy formula and it was like, I think it was about $300 for this tiny little vial. Um, and then, so inject that three weeks in the lead up. Then I was also using testosterone cream on my uh, my my bicep so friggin' random, but apparently that helps with egg quality. And then also melatonin is good, so three milligrams of melatonin each night before I go to bed. Mm. Um, so people that are trying to conceive, you can actually do that. That's just something that you can buy over the counter. Melatonin, yeah. apparently. You apparently, call like bullshit scientist. right now. But anyway, it was like Chloe was running a lab. There was just potions everywhere, and she was mixing up her own things with these massive needles and stabbing them in her belly. Like, yeah. It was a bit intense. Yeah, you're an absolute weapon. So I went into this new round of IVF thinking, well, this is just going to, I'm just going to kill it because I've just had this month off and like I'm, I'm, my eggs just must be incredible. Um, Paul had gone away. So, oh, I think Paul was actually still here at the beginning of this cycle because he was helping with a few of the injections. And this cycle, my injections went from, one or two a day to six or seven a day. So I was doing some in the morning, some at night. I was doing, it was just nuts. Like my stomach was just so bloated, so bruised. Um, And then, so I went in for my ultrasounds mid-cycle and, you know, they saw, they actually saw 12 follicles, which is like, I was frothing because Mm -hmm. I was like sick. So I've got 12 chances here. This is amazing because last time I only had five. So that all that medication's working and that's just epic. And then I had my egg collection day and I woke up with the number eight on my hand. So instantly, basically what has happened is, yes, my follicles, I might have had 12, but in the follicles there was only eight eggs because mm-hmm. not all the follicles must have grown an egg. They were just yeah. they were phony, phony phony follicles. Mm, they catfished you. Yeah, they catfished me. So basically then they they bring them back to the lab and they look at them and see which ones are mature. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Which ones are mature. And from that I had six. So I'm already down to six, which I was like, okay, well, this is really annoying because I had five last time. So they what is all this medication like and stuff like that done? This is day one. So they – inseminated the six with Paul's sperm, which I had on ice because before Paul went away, I made him go and do a collection so I could continue to do this while he was overseas. Um, So we used frozen sperm and they inseminated six eggs. So that was all fun and games. And then I went home and it is what it is. You've got to let them grow for five days in the test tube or whatever you call it, dish. And they call me the next morning with my day one update, you were there, remember? Mm. And they said, unfortunately, we've lost 
five overnight. And I was like, so what? I literally like dropped to the floor and just was in tears and was like, you are kidding. What do you mean you've lost five? So I had one egg, one embryo or whatever. And it still had to last. That one embryo had to last five more days. So we were. And I know what the drop off rate is pretty much like 50% at the very least, but I only literally had one. So I was, as you can imagine, absolutely devastated um, especially all the stuff that I've done in the lead up to this, to then be ended up with that after one day, I was just like, this is not happening. Mm. Anyway, I kind of just tried to shake it off and be like, you only need one, you know, what everyone says. I'm sort of all it takes is it? one. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I, I wanted more than one because I wanted to put some yeah. on ice. You when know, you're paying for all backup. that money for egg collection, you, you obviously the aim of the game is to get as many An as possible. Collection. Yeah, a collection of a few, (laughs) plural. So anyway, they called up every single day. It was actually over Mother's Day, I remember, and they called me on Mother's Day morning. I'm like, please don't have bad news. And I still remember I was down at Talabudra Creek and they called, they're like, good news, it's actually a really strong, healthy embryo. And I was like, oh, my God, yes. So anyway, fast forward to the um, day five. They, The little guy made it all the way to the end. It was a grade 5 AA embryo, which is, they even said to me, they're like, we never award grade A's out. Like this is, if you Google a perfect embryo, this is the one, like you can't get better than this. So I was like, wow, okay, well, at least it's done something, this, um, all this crazy shit that I've done in the lead up. That was just the best news. It was the best. And I was like, well, perfect. And so my doctor was confident. He was like, do not worry. This is going to work. Yeah. Like there's no doubt in my mind that it's not going to work. So we did the egg the embryo transfer day and then, um, yeah, I literally just stayed still. <laughs> I was so anal about everything that I did that last, that following like few days. I actually went to Byron Bay because my mum was down. So we just chilled down there and then it was Elodie's birthday the following day. So we went to the farm and like did a few nice little things for breakfast and stuff with some friends. So then that weekend we um, – Went to Yamba for Elodie's birthday with a bunch of girls and I literally wrapped myself in cotton wool. Mm. I just didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to walk. I didn't want to go upstairs. I just did. I wanted to give this little embryo every single opportunity yeah. to work. Like the I legs, didn't want to. Yeah, the legs were going up. I didn't want to give it any reason for it to not work or be like, oh, I did this. Maybe it was this. You yeah, know? of course. Um. So then I. So that was during your two-week wait. So this was during my two-week wait and so. I'm pretty bad at the non-peeing on a stick thing. Anyway, actually, sorry, so the two-week wait, once I was in Yamba and going through all this, I knew that I was pregnant at this point. I just knew it was a completely different feeling to what I felt the first time Mm. around. I had like these little weird like flutters in my belly. Not that it was a baby, but like my stomach, there was things that were changing and I just knew. Mm. I knew in my – I didn't want to say it out loud too much to people because in case it wasn't, but I just knew it was, I was pregnant. So um, I guess that brought us to the two week wait. And Elodie the whole time is like, make sure whatever you do, you don't pee on a stick. Cause Elodie's, Elodie just tells me that I'm a fucking freak um, and not to do that. <laughs> she but pees, I, she loves peeing on a stick. And I think just be patient. So I was trying to be patient and we were due to pee on the stick on the, um, on the Friday. And we were actually recording these, a few bits and bobs for the podcast. Um, oh, and yeah. this is like really weird. And I don't even, we were, we were tossing and t- I'm in an R in whether or not to put this in, but basically what happened was 
when we were recording this episode, Elodie didn't know, but I had peed on a stick that morning and I wanted to, and it was like so positive. And I basically surprised Brit and Elodie in that um, recording that I was pregnant. So it's a bit hard to listen to, but I'm going to play this snippet um, of me announcing to Elodie of my pregnancy. There was a one thing that I kind of wanted to, one last thing that I wanted to talk about before we ended the episode. And I am totally contradicting myself here because I came across a little stick this morning and I accidentally oh, no. got a bit of way on it. Oh my God. I want you to tell me. <laughs> Fuck off. What is that? Oh my God. What the hell? Oh my God, you little tell shit. Tell me about it. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, are you fucking kidding? Now I can squeeze you. Oh my God. I thought you were G'ing up. This is such a roller coaster. That was really fucking hard to watch. I don't like that at all. There's so many ups and downs. Like you have you have your egg collection, and then you get a really high number, and then you lose them all overnight, and you're left with one. But you end up sell up. You end up you're devastated, and then you end up celebrating that one egg because it's a trooper and it lasts the whole way. Then it goes in you. You know you're pregnant. You're feeling amazing. We're celebrating that, and here we are. I feel like. Even just watching that, I was like, mm. I feel like at that moment, I f- like it makes me, oh, I'm going to stop mm. crying. Like I remember just like I'm not broken, like it works, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I guess – Fast forward to now and, like, when this podcast was coming out, um, the day that the podcast came out, I had a miscarriage, if you haven't seen. Um, but basically, so what happened, re- rewind a little bit, I, I, I went down to Sydney um, for a friend's birthday and the – I started bleeding the night before or the day before I went to Sydney. I started like getting a little bit of spotty and I was like, oh, that's not normal. At this point, I was six and a half weeks. I was like, that's not normal. So I went to my um, doctor straight away and I was like, can I just get my blood test um, just to make sure all my levels are fine? And they actually were all fine. Um my HCG levels were all exactly where they needed to be. So, but everyone then started saying like, don't worry, it's fine. Like I um, bled my whole pregnancy or I started looking in all these forms, but I knew that like red, fresh red blood was just like not a very good sign. Mm. Um, and so it kind of just like kept going and, and it wasn't like really heavy flow, but it was, it was just there, you know. Anyway, so I went down to Sydney and my doctor suggested that we I get an ultrasound just to like check on the baby and I haven't had an ultrasound that was like successful yet. So I um cuz the last time I had that 
one where I saw it, but it, there was no baby in the ultrasound. So I was so fucking scared going into this ultrasound. And, I, and so I went in and just shitting myself. And I guess she was like scoping around on my belly. And like at first she couldn't see anything. Um, so we did like an internal one and then like looked around for a while. Um, and then right at the very end, we saw a little that heartbeat was everything. Like, and it had like a little flicker and a heartbeat. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, that was honestly um, the it, when you saw when we saw that heartbeat and you told me it was just and then ever, the most like, promising moment. Just seeing that, I guess. I was like, okay, maybe it's okay. Maybe like it's just like the bleeding wasn't that bad. Maybe, you know, it's fine. My doctor kept on saying it's fine. And then that night after the ultrasound, it just was like like a massacre. I like was sitting at dinner and I was like, well, that's weird. I can feel something. And it just basically just like turned on and it was like a tap of blood coming out of me. And like all night I was just, I was using tampons because I was like, I just can't even deal with this situation, shit situation. Situation. Um, And like I went to the toilet and I literally would take it out and it like, it's gross, but like it was just pouring out and there was like fucking massive clots. And so the next morning I, I, I was, I had lost like a lot of blood that night and I just was like, I need to go to the hospital and just see if they can like test, do another test or something. Because I was like, I know deep down in my heart that there was, um, there was something wrong. Like there's no way that I could lose the amount of blood that I lost and not have something Mm. wrong. So when I went to the hospital, they basically, they tested my bloods and they were still rising because like at the end of the day, there was still a baby in there. So they wouldn't do another ultrasound because he's like you only had one yesterday and there was a heartbeat but I was like yeah okay whatever um so I went home and I continued to bleed and that next morning I was talking to my doctor the whole time and he's like look I think that maybe you should just go get another ultrasound so the next morning I had an ultrasound which was the launch of this podcast Thursday yeah it was it was the last Thursday Um, and I had that ultrasound and she like looked around again for ages and then I could just like see, see the little baby on the screen, but it didn't have the flicker. Um, and then the lady was just like, yeah, I'm really sorry, but there's, there's no heartbeat. Um, so... I am um, so fucking unfair. And then I just it just kept on bleeding, but I actually had this um big thing called like a oh I don't even know how to pronounce it, but I think it's like something called like a what is it was it called like a hematoma? But it yeah. was like actually this massive big blood clot fucking clot situation that was like a stupid statistic of the amount of people that get it, like one in fucking 50,000 or something like that. Um, Like a freak thing. I had this massive clot between like my uterus wall and the sack that the baby was in. So it was just like still unlike, I mean, I'm still bleeding today and it's been two weeks. Um, 
so I rushed back to the Gold Coast and I ended up having a DNC and getting all the contents and everything removed. Um, so now I, I'm just waiting for the results of that, to, for them to tell me um, like if there's any like chromosome abnormalities or something like that and if that is the case, again, they're just like it's unlucky. I'm sick of just being like the unlucky one. Um, you feel like a little a little rat just being like experimented on, like with getting no answers. Yeah, I guess that's where I'm just so frustrated right now. It's because like I actually don't have any answers. Like there's no there's no explanations to anything. So I went to my doctor um, the other day, or like two days ago, and I was like, right, I need to do every single test that you can think of, yeah. because like I don't want to leave any stone left unturned. Um, because I this I'm not going to go and do another round of IVF just winging it again because mm. like there's obviously something wrong that's not like there's a level in my body that's not right and like I need to get to the bottom of it. I've also um, been in touch with my naturopath Tia and the book that I was reading called It Starts With An Egg gives a lot of suggestions on supplements that you can take for recurrent miscarriages and Elodie actually sat on my bed last night while I was doing some packing and like wrote my email for me of like this list as long as her arm mm. of um, all these different supplements to send to my naturopath and say, right, what can I take without overcooking my body? Um, so I'm picking that up this afternoon. And basically where I'm at right now is I need to get the hell out of here and mm. I need to be with Paul. I haven't seen him for over like nine weeks now and that in itself, I've done this whole last part of my journey alone without him. Yeah. And like, you know, it's really bittersweet. It's just weird saying that in front of you because like it fucking oh, just you like you don't person. even have You've- chumpy. But just that has You've just been You've got to clear really your head and get intense. over there. Um, and then – so, yeah, we've just decided for the next three months. I mean, look, I have to get my period back first, which at this point I'm fucking probably another month still um, after the DNC. And then I've got to wait to get all these like tests back. But I've decided we've decided just to chill out on the IVF in America. We're going to continue over there, but I'm only going to be gone for three months. So I'm going to go over there and we're going to do Clomid, which is a tablet that it helps women um, ovulate. Um, so I'll be taking them when I get my period back on day two till six of my cycle. And then about five to 10 days after you finish taking those, you should ovulate. Now we'll be winging it a little bit because I won't be able to be monitored. Usually if you're yeah. doing it through an IVF clinic, you actually get monitored and you go in um, and they will tell you exactly when to have intercourse because they will tell you when you're ovulating. So I'm just going to have to like do some ovulation sticks and just really try and work out that window or they just say like basically have sex every second day after that and just try and cover all bases so I mean at this point with all this bleeding and everything I couldn't actually think of anything worse Mm. but um I don't know that's kind of where we're at I'll be back in October and if I'm not pregnant by then we will go straight back into another round of IVF but hopefully by that point with all these supplements my body's had a three-month lead time with letting them all sink in and I'll have like all these test results back Mm. and hopefully we Hopefully can find some out answers. some answers to try and see why this is um all yeah. going on, but yeah, and hopefully when you get back, you can just go into the, the the next round of IVF with a clearer head and some answers and a new tactic with Dr. Ong 
that you might form from all the test results and be able to go into it with like a full new strategy, hopefully, drugs and everything. And also just to like add Mm. to that, I just wanted to, for the people that are listening to this going, how the hell did she just get to leave the country just like at the drop of a hat as well? I just want to let you know that I I do have a working visa for the United States and I will do all Paul's merchandise obviously over there. So I applied for the exemption like everybody else and I'm out of the country for three months. So that's how I'm leaving because I've had a few people that have been kind of like roasting me, concerned for me leaving and why they can't leave the country. So I basically have been here only for that reason because I've been pregnant. That's the only reason why I didn't go over with Paul. So now in a normal I've, world, you'd be on tour with been, him all the time. I would have been over there from the get go, but yeah, I we had just found out that I was, you know, in this pregnancy stage. So now that I'm not pregnant, I'm clear to travel. So it's going to be so good for you guys just to be back together. <sighs> wow. I got that out. Oh my Fuck. God. You're an absolute trooper. And this is just not, not fair. Um, so yeah, you guys actually asked, we, we put out to you guys the other day, a few weeks ago, um, if you guys had any IVF related questions as well, which, Mm. um, Elodie and I sat down and answered a few of them. Um, so we've, because we've, this has gone for a little bit, we've just picked three, not of the best, but we've just picked three. Um, of the most common questions and then we put the rest in the next episode which will be some more questions that you guys have asked that we've answered so so have you tried any natural therapies acupuncture etc yes I briefly touched on that I believe but I have been doing acupuncture at Nuwa in Corumban with Bonnie since I had the miscarriage last March and I see her monthly if not fortnightly, and I have been doing that since. And I swear to God that has been the only saving Mm. grace for me. And, you know, obviously people swear by it for fertility. These guys specialise in fertility, but I, she's like my therapist. Like I literally go there and Bonnie knows every single thing about me and it helps me mentally so much. Mm. I walk out of there on cloud nine. And you see Tia as well. Um, and naturopath. I see Tia, the naturopath, um, and she works out of Whole Health Studio in Mermaid Beach um, on the Gold Coast. And Naturally she's you amazing. Get your yeah. Herbs. I get my special fertility herbs, they taste stunning. <laughs> um, and then I also have a bunch of supplements that I take, um, but we can touch on that in another episode. You always say after like a month on the herbs, you feel so much better. So you feel like that's helped you hate yeah, the herbs. Yeah. Yeah, she has even some. I know that Tia is super busy and I don't think she's taking any new clients, but I know that she has some products that you can buy on her website and they're they're like an umbrella hormonal balancing like supp- like powder mm. stuff that you can use and a lot of people swear by that. If you just check out her Instagram, I believe it's at Tia Myers, M-I-E-R-S. Um, she's, there's heaps of stories about girls that swear by these hormonal balancing products and there's naturopaths everywhere in every city but it's just about finding the right one for you um okay so at first when you tried to conceive naturally did you test for ovulation 
Yes. So last year when we were trying naturally, there's obviously ovulation sticks that you can purchase um, from the supermarket and they're so expensive. Mm. I honestly, it kind of started ringing at some bells for me about my egg count sort of, not my egg count, but my ovulating is because I wasn't getting ever those smiley faces. So when you do an ovulation testing, you, is it around day 14 of your cycle, you should start peeing on these sticks. And when you pee on them, they, if you're having an LH surge, which is, I don't know, it's like yeah, when you're meant to, when, you, you when you're around about to ovulate, there's this surge and on the little device that you get, it has a smiley face. And then when you get that smiley face, that's when it's like, okay, go mad for three or four days around that. So I never really was getting that. So it, it really, really. No, not really. No, I'd get like the circle without the fucking yeah, smiley yeah. face. Yeah, Or sometimes... Yeah. I think I got the smiley face once, but it wasn't flashing. Yeah. So, so I was like, something's not quite. That was, but. that was definitely for me, uh, I started to realise soon after that, that there might be something wrong. So yeah, I was doing that. I was also taking my temperature. You meant to have like a spike in temperature um, when you were ovulating as well, just like a really small one, but there's all those apps that can track that. And I was doing that. So yeah, that sort of really mm. made me realize that there was something wrong and something wasn't right because I was on all those apps and everything like that. And people the temp- very much talk about that and their, their little spikes and then the, the smiley face and everything. So the temperature yeah. one's really accurate. I think I've heard. Yeah. I, I also was a little bit slack too. I, it's just like, Same, it's I such used to a chore. like, and this is where it comes into like not enjoyable trying to fall pregnant because you're, you're taking your temperature every morning at the same time. You're peeing mm. on these sticks, like, and all of this stuff happens behind the scenes you that your husband be- might not even really know about as well. And then even if you start or your partner start talking about that's when they think that you're crazy. Cause yeah. they're like, can we just have sex and fall yeah. pregnant? They don't get all this other stuff so that you can admin. do. Why you know? isn't it easy admin. and natural for I us? I know, I know. Okay, so when starting IVF, did you have a cutoff for how many times you were going to try? Well, I actually went into IVF thinking it was a no-brainer and I was going to be pregnant immediately. So I didn't really think that forward ahead, but now I'm what I started my journey in February and it's now the end of May. Um and mentally, that, that, that is my, that's my issue, that doing it mentally and my body, because I'm not getting that many eggs out, I'm actually having to do the full cycle of IVF each month ra- to collect mm. eggs rather than just most people that do have like a fairly um, good egg count. When they go in, they get quite a few eggs and they can put a lot on ice. So they don't actually have to be doing these injections every month mm. like myself. They just pop an egg in when they want like an embryo in when they are um, at that time of the month. So mentally for me and my body, it just it is starting to ache and it is starting to take its toll that way. And especially not having Paul here, I'm just like, oh. But obviously it can be hard financially for some people. There are – we've obviously opted to go in a private clinic, but there are other options if that is too expensive because – Everyone, I, I've found out that even people at my clinic on our Facebook group that we have like this chat, some people actually pay more than others. And obviously it all depends on your circumstances and like what you need. But there are public, you can go through the public system, I believe, yeah, and a do a bot billing. And I think it's about a thousand, around the thousand dollars around Whereas doing it privately, I believe mine is around like 
twelve or thirteen grand. I wish it about was about twelve or thirteen grand each round. But and you, then you do get, get some Medicare. Medicare. You get about six grand back from Medicare. But then it's obviously is, all the medications and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, when it going back to that question, I don't have a cutoff. I will. I will never stop. Like I will keep trying until I'm having a baby. But obviously. Yeah. Things may change. Um, if I can't fall pregnant myself, I'll obviously be looking at other avenues. It's an emotional roller coaster, and you can also try, but still have lots of people will try for a month and then have like two months off and then try mm-hmm. again and then have exactly. months off. So that's that's a really great way to do it as well. How, oh, I love this question so much. Have you ever considered L to be your surrogate? I think I'll answer this. <laughs> no, I actually love that question. That's the cutest question. Good one to go Chloe's off got about five sisters she could ask. <laughs> no, nah, you've got two and they'd probably do it for you. I've got a bit on. I've got a bit yeah. too much on my little plate. When I saw that question came through, I actually nearly cried though. I was like, oh, I would love Ella to be my surrogate. And Ellie was like, absolutely I- not. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, no, in any given normal world, I totally would be. But, but no. Um, I don't know I- if you want your baby growing in my little grief body right <laughs> Right now. Oh no. shame! No, no, I'm healthy, but but yeah, that would definitely down the track. That that's that's an option. But yeah, that's an I, option. I'm Give gonna, me a few um, years. Yeah, but <laughs> at this point, I'm hoping to be able to carry my own baby. Yes, we're very yes. early days. No, that's that is a really great option. So we had to um, add that last question because I thought it was pretty funny. What a bitch. <laughs> Oh, doll, I would love to be your surrogate, but I've got a bit on. Yeah, yeah, no, I would not do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but funny. But I know you're going to carry your own bub. It's going to work out. No, so. no, I will too. Yeah. I mean, that's something we can talk about down the track, but I know you're not ready to go there for a long t- Like I know that you've got yeah. a lot ahead of you IVF-wise. We're going to sort out your body and what's mm-hmm. happening there. Honestly, the this episode was intense and I just – cannot commend you enough you are honestly a force and I hope that anyone going through IVF or miscarriage or whoever anyone who's lost a baby or been through that the highs and the lows where you're celebrating your pregnancy and you're so happy and you're so excited you're planning the future you're looking at the dates you're like yeah I'm gonna be pregnant for that person's wedding and that and that and that and then what about all that yeah it's like fully massive element you're celebrating and then all of a sudden you're bleeding and you're losing it and Mm. I just I hope that some people listening just do not feel alone. And I definitely waffled on a lot. So if you made it to the end of this one as well. Oh you, my God, it's hard. I hope story you learned something tell. anyway. Um, definitely. I still was just saying to Elodie, I was like, I actually just can't believe that that's me. Literally. <laughs> so weird. It's like I was talking to my acupuncture chick this morning and I was just like, it just doesn't seem right to have, be a 29 year old person mm. actually having these recurrent miscarriages and stuff like that it's just without answers that's the thing that's just pissing me off the most you literally look at your life from the outside in especially when you tell your story and you're like is this really my fucking life like how why me what have i like yeah how is annoying it's honestly the most surreal feeling so yeah thanks again for all your support i like honestly i have so many people writing in um flooding me with all these different suggestions on what to do and you know what they've done and their success stories and you know it's actually impossible for me to get back Mm. to every single one of you um but I am seeing them and I am taking it on board and yeah I appreciate your love and support I'm confident that yes 
I'm going to be pregnant maybe this year. You will be. Got a few more it's months to leave. So. Yeah, you're going to go away and reset. And what we might be able to talk about soon or in the next few episodes um, also will be some strategies like how, how you're going to deal with the next yep. few months after that loss and everything. Um, and also we do have some other questions we're going to answer next week. Um, would either of, of us adopt children, for example? That was an interesting one that came through. How do you cope, Chloe, when fish is gone? Um, well, we had some questions about Rummy. Lots old, of questions. Old Rumbledore. We had a few I questions like about how tall we are. <laughs> oh, yeah, very important <laughs> questions. And we'll also touch on, um, oh, there was some about some grief strategies as well. So we'll next next week's episode is going to be a bit of a Q&A, an all-rounder Q&A um, where we'll both jump on and answer a bunch of questions. And I feel like there are also still a lot of IVF questions that we didn't answer. So we'll be able to um, add yes. those in later down the track. And I think that maybe one day when things settle down a little bit more, Elle and I maybe will jump on a live and we can just do some live questions because that seems like it's a little bit easier just to like you guys can fire away and I can just answer there and Definitely. then on the spot. Yeah, that's a really good idea. So, so thank much you so much for listening today. Um, yeah, it was a lot to get through and it's pretty intense for our second episode. Oh, my but, gosh. Um, yeah, thanks I'm for all the support. I'm still so overwhelmed from every, every – like I, I can't even believe the first episode and everyone's responses. We also just wanted to say thank you so much. Oh, and thank you to that one person. <laughs> There was one review that said that Chloe's voice was really soothing and that I think I'm too cool. I was dying when I read that. I was dying and I was like, oh, my God, did she not listen to the part where I'm literally crying because I'm telling the story about my husband passing away? Nothing is cool about that. I don't think that's cool. It's a lot. Anyway, I'd love to speak to that. No, no, honestly, I couldn't Keep the reviews coming because we (laughs) – no, honestly, ninety nine point nine nine percent. I mean, you. every single other review was honestly incredible, and I, I like it when people are honest. Love it or hate I, it. I, I want to dogs on top. The dogs on top, doll. Anyway, well, that's Thank it for so us much. today. Um, and yeah, we'll speak to you next week. Oh,